0: This is purely art. We create magic over here. You are now
1: Inside the Indies with Tim Farley. Hello, welcome back to Inside the Indies. Uh, this past week, there was a plethora of independent wrestling shows like Prestige's Rise Above that I plan on watching, and Time Bomb Pro, which I believe hasn't hit IWTV yet. There, I believe there was an IC, uh, the No Holds Barred show. Uh, You know, all kinds of stuff going on, but uh, I chose to talk about Terminus 2 and New Texas Pro Wrestling's first ever intergender event called Worlds Collide. First, I will talk about Terminus, which apparently John told me on social media had a lot of, was very polarizing, and I don't understand that. Uh... For the past week and a half, I have uh, left social media, so I don't know what everyone's talking about unless I'm told, and most of the time, I don't care. Uh, I don't care about Flip Gordon. Uh, I don't care about Control Your Narrative. I don't care about any of it. I, don't, I certainly don't give a shit about Nia Jax and what she thinks about vaccines and the Ukraine. And neither should you. Piss on these people. Anyway, Terminus. Uh, we had a preliminary belt, a rounds match of three five-minute rounds, with Adam Priest going against Invictus Cash. Both of these men's, both of these men were on Terminus. One, all roads lead here. The first round was a bit of a feeling-out process until Cash took over with Scientific Wrestling. The second round started hot when Priest ran out of his corner and attacked Cash's arm. Priest took round 2 but would meet his demise in round 3 when Cash locked in a rear naked choke. It was a you know a 15 minute not even 15 minute match. Two guys, two young guys. Good stuff, you know. Uh the first match of the official card was the terminal eliminator match. Uh, the eliminations came by way of knockout, DQ, pin, or submission, meaning the, uh, which one, which one of the rules? Yeah, no count outs, which is a big thing. Uh, Terminus uh, is, once you to have wrestling in the ring as much as possible, their count outs are only a five count. Uh, but that did not matter here. Uh, the winner gets to choose their next opponent. It was Kenny Alfonso against Trey Lamar against Chris Sabin, against Leon Ruff. Trey eliminated Alfonso within six minutes remaining with a froggy bow. With 90 seconds left, Leon Ruff hit an eclipse on Lamar for the elimination. Sabin won with 15 seconds left after hitting a cradle shock on Leon Ruff. Even though he was first eliminated, Kenny Alfonso got a lot of time to shine. Lamar had some good spots, especially rolling Saban and Ruff back from the ropes and hitting them both with a drop kick. Leon Ruff could rival Mascara Dorada for the king of the ropes. He was bouncing off of every single one of them in every which fashion. This was a pretty good match. I, I was entertained. The next match was a Kate. Versus Queen Aminata. I've heard of Kate. I believe she'll be on the uh, next CFU showing. And she was on Worlds Collide. Uh, This was the first time I've ever heard of Queen Aminata. But she looks like an absolute star. Uh, Early on, Kate locked in a one-legged Boston Crab. And then a knee bar showing her submission prowess. Aminata got a warning for pulling Kate by the hair to slam Kate down. Aminata nearly killed Kate with a sliding boot in the corner. They, trade rolling, they traded rolling packages, and Amanata got the better of Killer Kate. I was impressed by both of these women. <clears throat> Next, we got a tag team match between the Buffalo Boys, Kevin Blackwood and Daniel Garcia. Against Dante Caballero and Joe Keys. On terminus all-roads lead here, Caballero and Keys were victorious against catch point teammates Tracy Williams and Fred Yeah. Uh you get fouled when you throw an opponent out of the ring. Joe's Joe Keyes sent Blackwood out, but the ref didn't see. Also, like I said, there's a five count on the outside. Da, da, da. Garcia really took it to Caballero for a while with aggressive holds and strikes to his limbs. Garcia and Blackwood hit Caballero with a Lariat-German suplex combo, but Joe broke the pin. Joe got busted open from a closed fist from Garcia while the ref's back was turned, and once Keyes got in, uh, he was on fire. Keyes kept driving Garcia's face into the mat, Like Garcia had killed his family with a minute and 40 seconds left. Joe keys and Dante Caballero win with a gory special bulldog combo on Kevin Blackwood, Dante and keys are establishing themselves as the premier tag team in terminus. This was one of the standout matches of the show. Um, The next match was the professor Serena Deeb against Liza Hall. Uh, It was a hold-for-hold match until Deeb really honed in on Liza's arm. Liza locked in a choke, but Deeb broke it by attacking Liza's ankle. Liza came back with a running knee and a cannonball that led into a Venus de Milo-type submission. Within the last minute, Deeb broke out of a one-legged Boston Crab and put on the Serenity lock, but time ran out. They were given a 90-second overtime, Serena went for a pile driver. Hall flipped her over and sat down for a pin, but Deeb rolled her up for the win. This was a good showing by both women. Deeb has been awesome these last few months, and Hall was given a good amount of time to show her wrestling acumen. Swerve against Davy Richards was next. This was Swerve's third match back from being released by WWE and possibly his first in the States. I know that he did a progress show, uh, and I'm not sure where else. Um, Swerve and Richards only met once in singles competition in Defy Wrestling. The first few minutes of the match happened all in the middle of the ring with a highlight on Matt Wrestling. Davy did some submission magic, locking in a reverse cloverleaf lock, surfboard or something. It was wild. Uh, after that, the strikes came. Swerve got a warning for a closed fist. Swerve hit a diving elbow from the top to Richard's neck for two. Swerve stopped two gotch-style pal-driver attempts, the latter being on the apron, and Swerve responded with a double stomp on the apron, which gave Swerve the count-out victory. Swerve was lucky for Terminus' rules. A count-out happens on five, and Davey was absolutely relentless in this match. But despite losing, Davey came back in and raised Swerve's hand. The next match uh, was the penultimate match, as my co-host loves to say, or used to. He hasn't said it in a long time. Uh, Jay Lethal against Baron Black. The match started with rapid changes of an arm wrench. It seemed they had each other's numbers until Lethal threw Baron over the rope and then hit a Jericho-like dropkick, and Lethal got a warning for throwing Baron over the rope. A lot of chops exchanged in the match. Jay focused on submissions, and Baron was more into a power move game. After turning two figure fours into small packages, Baron got caught, but broke broke it with a rope break. 25 seconds left, and Baron caught a lethal injection for the second time in the match into a crossface, but time expired. The match restarted with a 90-second overtime. On the third try, Lethal hit the lethal injection for the win. Afterward, Lethal raised Baron's hand with a sign of respect. Baron Black, who I believe is co-owners of this company with Jonathan Gresham, I could be wrong, uh, is now 0 and 2 in Terminus. Uh, before Jay grabbed, raised his hand, he put out his hand for a handshake, and it looked like Baron was gonna push it away or maybe leave the ring. And I honestly thought, since this is another high-profile match for him, the first being against Bandito at the first Terminus, you know, I thought maybe he'd turn kind of heel here, but that was not the case. Uh, Which kind of was kind of disappointing. Sometimes you like to be the unexpected to happen. And sometimes you like the expected to to happen. And I think that would have been made him more interesting in my opinion, but we'll see where he goes from here. Um, The main event was for the ROH original world championship, Jonathan Gresham against Santana. This match was contested under ROH pure rules, meaning the count out, was 20 seconds, uh, and it had a 60-minute time limit. Most of the matches on this show had a 15-minute time limit. Um, Santana took the mic and said he wasn't here to wrestle but to fight, and Gresham smirked and shook his hand. Santana would throw Gresham out of the ring, and Gresham would get back in immediately. Gresham mocked Santana by giving him his wrist. This led to Santana stopping a headlock takeover and booting Uh Gresham to the outside. Santana followed with a tope suicida and got what he wanted, a brawl outside the ring. Uh Santana took it to Gresham, sending Gresham into chairs. Back in the ring, and Gresham took over with the submission offense. 15 minutes in, and Santana used a closed fist for a warning. This match ruled, but 20 minutes in... As Santana and Gresham were exchanging pins, the ref, Michael Black, counted a three in favor of Gresham, to Gresham's dismay. Homie got fired live on Fight TV. It was hilarious. Um, Terminus was very good, despite people complaining about the rules. I mean, if you watched the first show, you should have expected this. Um... It's a breath of fresh air in a wrestling landscape that is dominated by bending and ignoring rules and is at least intriguing and at most a great showcase of something else wrestling can be. Terminus 2 gets a B from me. Now, on to New Texas Pro Wrestling Worlds Collide. The first match here was ASF, uh who has been making waves in GCW, against the new Texas pro women's champion Rochelle Rose. Rachel Rose has a gimmick inspired by Game of Thrones where she tells people to bend the knee. She kept trying to get this chant going, and they would, instead of bend the knee, they chant ASF. ASF went to bend the knee but swept the leg instead, then started his Lucha Offense. Rachel caught ASF springboarding in from the second rope into the ring with a big boot. Rachel str- wrestled a strong style kind of match, um, using like a. At one point, she had wrist control and was hitting rainmakers, uh, which I liked. Um, against ASF's lucha prowess, the end came when ASF kicked out of a pin from a spear. Put together a nice sequence involving a springboard sling blade and went to the top the screen then came on to show the bullet club logo and the bullet club music plate this distracted asf and rachel took advantage with a rope assisted roll-up for the win at cowboys from hell the first new texas pro show of mania weekend Bay will wrestle asf This match was pretty good and entertaining. I like ASF already, and now I'll be looking out for more Rachel Rose matches. The next match was Horsepower of Eddie Martinez and Nate Collins against Sky Delacrimosa and Cousin Scooter. Horsepower attacked before the bell, but Lacrimosa and Scooter took over and straight up mauled Martinez for most of the match, focusing their attack on Martinez's arm. Martinez pushed Scooter into an enziguri from Collins and finally made the tag. Sky reminds me of a, a lot of a ab- bit uh, Abyss with the way he moves. Sky went to smash Martinez's arm with a wrench, but Collins stopped it. Horsepower won with a wheelbarrow codebreaker. This match was a lot of fun. After the match, Sky hit Scooter with a tenderizer. And Aaron Mercer came into the ring and straight up head-butted Sky. And it wasn't it wasn't like, grab your head, this. It was like, I'm standing right in front of you, boom. It was awesome. Uh, a brawl ensued between the two in which officials had a hard time getting them apart from each other. Uh, I want to see where that goes. The next match was Heidi Howitzer against Austin Reddick. These two are husband and wife, which is really cool and made for a great dynamic for the match. They definitely played that to the crowd, which made it a very funny and engaging match. This is my husband. He's not having a good time, Heidi told the crowd as she locked in a hammerlock camel clutch onto her husband. Redick rolled off an airplane spin and put his wife in a big spin. Heidi hit a big Cytosuplex. Reddick hit an air raid crash for two, then put Heidi in a Rings of Saturn until she turned it into a pin attempt. Both missed moves off the top, and as the as her husband pleaded with her, Heidi hit him with a Kamigoye. The end came when Heidi caught a forearm and turned it into a backslide for the victory over Austin Reddick. This was super fun. If you don't take wrestling super seriously all the time and just want to have an entertaining match watch this match not i'm not saying the wrestling wasn't good because it was but heidi heidi talks to the crowd throughout the match and it's so funny and the whole husband-wife dynamic and the shit that they talked to each other was fantastic it was just really funny um the next match was the new Texas Pro Tag Champs Cam Cool and JJ Blake on Cam Cool's 29th birthday and Promise Braxton against Fly Deaf in AQA. If Fly Deaf want another shot at the tag titles, they must win this match. Then at Cowboys from Hell, beat a tag team of Cam Cool's choosing, which was announced after the show as Violence is Forever. So. Good luck. This match was fast and furious. AQA dodged a spear by Cole that went right into his tag partner, JJ Blake. Blake and Cole hit a pop up code breaker for a near fall. A Tower of Doom spot took out all four men, and AQA and Braxton got right to it. AQA hit a flipping neck breaker onto Braxton for the win, securing fly def, getting closer to a tag title shot. Everyone in this match was impressive, especially AQA. She's so fluid with her movements. If New Texas Pro does another intergender event, they must book her against ASF. The next match was one of my favorites of the evening. Uh, Space Jesus Billy Starks against Mysterious Q. I love both of these wrestlers and their entrance music. Aliens exist by Blinkway two for Billy and made you look by Nas by uh, for mysterious Q. Q is also billed from Planet Vegito, which made me pop. This match was all about size and power of Q against the brains and will of Billy. Q had a spectacular elbow drop, and in reality, if he did a taunt before it, it looked so good it could be a finisher. Starks locked a sleeper on Q while on the top turnbuckle, let go, and hit a double stomp to Q's back, then followed with a swanton bomb for two. She went for another, but Q blocked with his knees. As she got up, she ate a super kick, an F-16 onto the ropes, and then F-16 for the win. This was an awesome match. Q may have won, but Billy ruled. uh, After the match, they hugged. Q recognizing the passion in Billy. Next, we had the supreme coronation for Lone Star Champion Max Heights. Max is a four-time Lone Star Champion represented by Ricky Gilmore and the Sports Entertainment Superstar Enterprise, I believe. Max said the Lone Star Championship is synonymous with him and they have a new belt for the Lone Star Championship, and that he will fight to make it the most prestigious title in wrestling. Gilmore said these people don't deserve the unveiling of the new title because it said business casual and everyone looks like a hobo. Uh, <laughs> and they decided to leave, but Killa Kate came out and called Max a coward and wanted a title match. And after much trepidation max obliged this had a lot of shenanigans by max and gilmore and max targeting targeted kate's arm kate showed out though with an arm drag off the top and catching a super kick into a knee bar kate had a rear naked choke on max but he drove her head into gilmore's briefcase then hit a splash off the top to retain This was enjoyable and I'd like to see both of these wrestlers and more promotions. Max heights has star quality and Kate could fit into any woman's division. Um, the match itself, you know, like it was okay. Uh, but like the whole, the segment as a whole was good and it really gave you a feel for max heights and Ricky Gilmore. um, the next match was uh, the penultimate match. ROH Women's World Championship on the line as Diana Perazzo faced Vert Vixen. Uh, this started with really good chain wrestling. Diana had a very cerebral attack on Vixen's arm, softening her up for the Fujiwara armbar. Everything Vert Vixen did, Deonna had an answer for. Vixen created a chance to regroup when she hit an insiguri. Vixen, with a lot of strikes, finishing with a jumping back kick to Dianna's neck for two. Vixen went for brutality, but Diana countered with a Fujiwara armbar, the second of the match, and Vixen escaped. Vixen hit a running knee for two. They traded roll-ups until Diana locked in the Venus de Milo for the tap-out victory. Dianna Perazzo is so damn good. I need her in CFU, I need her back in Bloodsport, and I need a match against Serena Deeb. Her open challenges on Impact for either the AAA or ROH Championship? Have Serena Deeb answer one, please. This being the first time I've seen Vert Vixen, I think she has a lot of potential and thought she held her own against one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. The last match was for the New Texas Pro Championship. The Underground King Brian Keith representing Swisha House against the Russian Dynamite Masha Slamovich. Keith won the test of strength, but Masha worked out out of it and started to dominate on the mat. Masha even gave Keith her back, with which she ended up putting Keith in a chokehold. The match went outside, and Masha hit a double stomp off a chair onto another chair. Brutal strikes all over the venue, and Masha kicked Keith back into the ring. Spinning back fist by Masha, and Brian responded with an inziguri. Both traded Tiger Drivers. Masha hit Kawada kicks and an axe kick and a brain buster for a near fall. Tiger Driver and a huge powerbomb into a jackknife pin by Keith and he retained the championship. This match absolutely fucking ruled. If you watch one match from either of these shows that I'm talking about, make sure it's this one. They both bowed to each other on their knees with the championship in between them in the middle of the ring. Super good. Uh, I can't say enough about Masha Slamovich. She... And I'm not just saying this because we got to interview her. She is truly one of the best wrestlers out right now. And she has a chance at the IWTV Independent World Championship on March 4th. uh, Facing AC Mack at the Movement Begins from Action Wrestling. Which I will probably be talking about next week. Um, Keith was fantastic as usual. New Texas Pro Worlds Collide was very entertaining and worth the watch. There was not a moment I did not enjoy. This show gets an A. So, next week, well, what's upcoming is this weekend for Armbar Audio, I interviewed Kevin Koo on my own, like John interviewed Billy Starks. So that will be coming out on Saturday, Sunday, myself and Chip uh, from Booker Man, from our Booker Man shows, and possibly John will be doing a watch-along live stream for AEW's Revolution. And next week, Inside the Indies, we'll cover Action Wrestling's The Movement Begins and Impact Wrestling's Sacrifice. I know, I know. Is Impact an indie or not? That's up in the air, and I don't really care because I view things in tiers. I wouldn't say they're an indie, but I wouldn't say they're a top promotion. Uh, But I'm basically putting it on here because I want to watch and review it. So if you disagree with that, go kick rocks. So with that... Take care of yourself, be kind, and
0: I'll see you next time. This is purely art. We create magic over here. training you take an oath to real life and fantasy you upholding them both from the stories being told and all of the lore to make the spectators want more And so you stay in peak condition Your body's your temple And perfection is your mission The physical and mental Steady tripping, falling, slipping Becoming quick and nimble Until a lot of thing is missing From your set of credentials From body slams to arm drags and headlocks To back breakers, to suplexes and leg drops It's real to us from day one We will never fake it We learn how to dish it out We learn how to take it From figure fours and lyrius To atomic drops To drop kicks and more Sauce and ankle locks. The feeling is there, and we will always act on it. Don't step into this ring if you don't want your back on it. Canvas, canvas. this is purely art, and we do it on this canvas. canvas. If you don't want it, then don't step foot on this canvas. canvas. It's our passion that we spend years on this canvas. canvas. Always canvas. leave our blood, sweat, and tears on this canvas.